0: And we will do our best to answer any questions you may have. Welcome to another episode of We Talk Health. My name is Will Kasher and today we are back in Milan, Tennessee at Sports Plus Milan. And today joining me is Carol Blair. She has quite a, of an array of certifications and initials after her name. And also Kathy Sudbury. Glad you guys are here today. Thanks for allowing me to come in to uh, talk to you guys today about osteoporosis. Now, I do not know what osteoporosis is. So Carol, could you give me like maybe some background on what you have in in helping with that and then maybe a definition of it?
1: Okay, well first of all, I work with pelvic health. Okay. Which involves disorders of the reproductive system and the urinary system and the bowel Mm -hmm. system. And through that practice, you also see a lot of patients that have osteoporosis. And what that means is that the bones are weak or weakening and predisposes those people to health problems. So I'm interested in osteoporosis because I'm in that age group (laughs) that has problems with osteoporosis, but also it's been given the title of silent killer because the injuries and ramifications of having bone injury because of weak bones can be devastating
0: mm-hmm.
1: falls hip fractures decreased ability and mobility and so it's very concerning that with our present day diets and activity levels that we're going to see more and more people with bone density problems sure. particularly 50 and up. One of the misconceptions in osteoporosis is is that it's a women's disease or Mm -hmm. women's problem, and that mostly comes from the fact that after menopause there are certain hormones that the body doesn't produce any longer that relates to bone strength. However, 60% of all people over the age of 60 are going to deal with bone density problems.
0: Wow, that's a lot.
1: Well, Carol, how do we know we have this problem? Well, you don't. That's the problem. If you're not tested or you don't have a sudden onset compression fracture, most people don't know it. I think probably women are tested more often than men, and one of the main tests used, at least in this area, is called a DEXA scan, and that measures the bone density. So how healthy the bone is in structure. And it gives an idea if you're predisposed to have an osteoporotic fracture. But I, I treat people all the time that are in their 60s, usually by 70 females have had a DEXA scan, but I do treat females in the 60s that have never had one, that it hadn't been discussed with their doctor. It is commonly ordered by OBGYN but it's not something that is normally associated with males. So that population probably has less an idea of how it could potentially affect them. One of the things that's that's really amazing is that your bone density is determined not about 90% before you ever reach the age of 20. And the other percentage is usually met by the time you reach 30, 35 at the most. So... Your stores of bone quality have already been established at a very young age, Mm -hmm. but the problems don't manifest themselves until you're older. As far as being a physical therapist that works with osteoporosis, there's a lot more that we can do that we realized we could do to help people with bone density issues. And that involves not only what's traditionally used as weight-bearing exercises are weight-resistant exercises, which generally aren't uh, mentioned in senior citizens, Mm -hmm. but the more you stress the bone in a good way, the healthier you make it. But it also responds to unequal weight changes, like if you arbitrarily go up on your toes and drop one foot and then drop the other and you're creating a vibratory force mm-hmm. that is healthy for the bone bone usually breaks with the wrong kind of stress the bone doesn't grow but it becomes stronger
2: mm-hmm.
1: with the right kind of force and there's a lot of guidance uh, through physical therapy that we can help people reach a higher quality of life particularly people who have already had multiple spinal fractures and they've become very frail because mm-hmm. of the fear of activity and movement and the lack of a program that bridges that gap from the frail patient to the healthier patient sure. who is operating in society but doesn't know they have it or they don't know what to do about it.
0: So what does treatment look like? Say, say my, my mom comes in and she's having osteoporosis issues. She's okay. coming to see you. What, what, what would a normal visit look like? For her.
1: Well, of course the first visit would be a thorough examination uh, to find out her medical history, her dietary habits, her activity level, if she's had a osteoporotic related fracture. and you take those in consideration with her posture, mm-hmm. her muscle strength, her ability to move, and how movement affects her and then you set up your treatment plan accordingly because you cannot look just at the symptoms a patient may or may not be having because seventy percent of people that are osteoporotic or have had an osteoporotic vertebral fracture, a spinal fracture, don't know it. Oh wow. Only twenty or thirty percent of the population With a spinal fracture from osteoporosis even know that they have a problem so if you think about all those people that are asymptomatic the ones that are symptomatic have already had a fracture so Mm -hmm. that predisposes them again so in your mother's case assuming she hadn't had a fracture uh, i would also want to know if she had any other spinal problems because traditionally at least in most allied health professions, you have protocols to treat certain types of problems, like there are recommended protocols for spinal stenosis versus protocols that are specific for disc problems or other types of arthritis problems of the spine. But a lot of those movements can actually be harmful to a patient that has that particular problem and is also osteoporotic. So in the course of trying to help one back problem, you actually could exacerbate another one. Oh, wow. So the history is real important. Nutrition. Uh, Most physicians will recommend vitamin D and calcium, but it's also good to get it in your diet. And there are a lot of foods that are calcium rich, and there are a lot of foods that aren't. Mm -hmm. And trying to go to those calcium-rich foods, like one is broccoli, eat your broccoli. (laughs) Your bones will like you. But there's also things you can't eat at the same time, or it decreases your ability to absorb that calcium. So it becomes very complicated when you're treating a patient from day one to get all the information so you can educate them how to care for their bones, and then you set up a fitness level or a functional level that's appropriate for them. Because if if your mother had actually had spinal fractures and she was frail and she was losing her posture and she was getting where she didn't feel comfortable moving around, then there are good programs to start those patients. There's no reason why they should have less quality of life mm-hmm. just because they happen to get a condition that is predominantly female, but not Completely. So, I would hope that I could answer her questions about that and get her on an appropriate program for her function level.
2: When you say appropriate program, is uh, we're talking about physical therapy, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. And that would be some daily exercises as well as coming in and seeing you through physical therapy. Because I'm thinking, okay, if I've got some bone issues, I'm going to be more. Likely not to want to do exercise because I'm afraid I'm going to hurt myself or break a bone. But you're teaching us in, through this podcast today that no, that's that's totally the opposite. We need to be strengthening more, and I and I would be precautions. But you're you're telling us no, we need to come see you and figure out how to make it yes, make it stronger.
1: That, that's actually a very good point because people uh, could react that way about something that they they don't know a lot about it they become fearful of movement. But most of the the people that are fairly active, because you know, activity level is not indicative of, of what your bone True. density is. But it's easy to say, well, we need to do more weightlifting exercises. We need to do more weight bearing exercises. Instead of swimming, we need to walk we need to walk faster we need to change our pace patients in that category are a little more comfortable with it it's when you have the person that's so debilitated that the programs have not always been directed at you know a doctor Mm. wouldn't necessarily think about a little frail patient who hardly gets out of their house and sits in their chair all day would benefit from physical therapy but there are physical therapy treatment approaches that that apply specifically to that type of patient. And you can improve their quality of life tenfold by getting them moving and active and healthier despite how frail they've become or how much their posture has been alterated. Because there is a big approach that no matter what your age is, that you can improve and change your spinal alignment. And the picture that most people have in their mind of a little frail woman that has osteoporosis is been over like a question mark and not being able to straighten up. Mm -hmm.
2: Most definitely,
1: that's what I'm thinking. But they can be helped. 48 million people in the United States have bone loss, which is more than coronary artery disease, at 12.5 million, heart attack, 1.1 million, diabetes, 17 million, and more people than who have breast, uterine, or ovarian cancer combined. Wow.
0: I didn't realize osteoporosis was, I mean, like you said, the silent killer. I didn't realize it was as big of a deal as what it is.
1: It really is because the what we don't necessarily think of with osteoporosis happens all the time, and that's falls with hip fracture. And People take it for granted because surgery procedures have advanced so much. Well, you fracture a hip, they'll fix it. But the sad fact is that there's a high mortality rate with hip fractures, and it's better to prevent them than it is to treat them. Mm -hmm. And fall risk increases when you age. And so the the more problem you have with osteoporosis, the more likely you are to have a devastating result. From a fall. So, when you think about the types of illnesses we try to prevent and we try to cure, which are, are worthy causes, and certainly it would be nice to wipe out cancer, wipe out heart disease, wipe out those things, we still have a, a greater number of people that are suffering from a life altering condition of osteoporosis. So, I know, Carol, when I
2: recently went to my gynecologist for my yearly checkup, I think it was right at the age of 50 when he highly recommended, let's do a bone density, which I got great outcomes. So when do I need to do that again? Is that something that we should keep on the radar that, like, kind of like your colonoscopy, you know, you do it yes. at 50 and you do it at 60. Is this something we need to be checking in, and how do I, keep, how do I make sure I'm still on track?
1: Well, first of all, you, you need to ask your physician um, how often that needs to be checked or repeated because they do need to be repeated. They can change naturally, especially since there's so many things in our environment that can affect bone density and one thing is medications that we take. People who have been on steroids or other types of strong medications, people who drink a lot of sodas. There are so many things that are destructive as far as bone density as it's broken down in our system. So that's the first thing is Keep good communication and ask your physician questions. Ask how important this is and follow those advice and if you really want to change things, ask them about what's the best nutrition for me, what's the best exercise for me. I'm not saying that physicians should be prescribing exercise, but people should start that dialogue with their doctor so that they can stay on top of the diagnosis because I see patients in the 60s, that have never had a bone density test, smoking increases the risk of osteoporosis.
2: So if I happen to see, I've got, you're, you have the education on this part, but a percentage of loss, I should also be an advocate for my own health and tell the doc, hey, what about PT? Help me strengthen myself. Would that not be a great idea to do? Or is that something? It you would recommend? absolutely be
1: a great idea. Uh, they may not be familiar with sending people to physical therapy for osteoporosis, particularly in this area. It just isn't necessarily thought of unless somebody comes in with pain and they're sent just for pain. But as a preventative measure, it's even more valuable because uh, in referencing back asking about your mother, the other thing I would do is a balance test mm-hmm. to see what her balance was, what her core strength is, what her breathing patterns are working on those core muscles to help strengthen and stabilize the spine because even the diaphragm is a core muscle and most people don't know that so hopefully we will see people that are at higher higher risk that need to be on somewhat of a preventive program but we usually see people that are already hurting or already been affected
0: well carol if there was somebody in the community who was maybe struggling with this and they wanted to come see you uh, what's a phone number somebody could call to set up an appointment?
1: 731-686-2010.
0: Listeners, I will also have that number in the description of the podcast as well. Uh, in addition to that, I'll also have a link to Sports Plus Mylands website page uh, if you want to check that out. Carol, this has been great information about osteoporosis. I learned a little bit. I had no idea really what it was, so... Uh, Thanks so much for allowing me to invade your day and uh, for you coming on and and talking today.
1: Thank you for invading my day. I appreciate it. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: (laughs) And this has been another episode of We Talk Health.
1: What
2: is she doing?